Welcome to the Impact of Educational Leadership Podcast with ID3 for Isaiah Drone III. This show was designed to provide an exclusive forum on educational achievement gaps related to learner success while discovering relationships and family issues in a diverse setting. Welcome again to another impactful night of the impact of educational leadership. This is episode 60. I'm your host, ID3 or Isaiah Drawn III. Tonight's panelists are Mr. Joel Wilson, Dr. Stephen Jones, and Dr. John W. Spencer. Tonight's topic is gonna be science, technology, engineering, and mathematics during and beyond COVID-19. Gentlemen, please say hello to the people. Good evening. Good evening. Hello. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So glad to have you here. So glad to have you here. So science, technology, engineering, and mathematics are at the forefront of innovation globally. Just ask any K-12 school leader that has an auditorial voice in curriculum development programming and resources for STEM. How do you create a STEM program in your school in an environment of tight school budgets and limited resources? That's the question many educators are asking. There are plenty of ways to implement STEM curriculum within the prospective school environments. One in particular, is the STEM Ford program and webinar that provides students and teachers with strategies and resources for the purpose of helping students demonstrate academic excellence throughout their school enrollment during and beyond COVID-19. You know, my first guest here tonight in this discussion about STEM as no stranger to this podcast. That is Dr. Stephen Jones. Sir, please say hello again to the people, Dr. Stephen Jones. I'm, I'm so excited to talk about this topic because it's critical as we think about COVID-19 and how we move forward in science, technology, engineering, and math. And uh, I was just talking with someone today about how, what it means to be the first person in your family to go to college and the amount of knowledge that you think you're bringing to the table from your high school versus the actual knowledge that you have in math and science and technology. And often students um, coming into it find some struggles. And so one of the reasons why we decided to start this STEM Forward initiative was to make a difference to ensure that both the educators and the students were more equipped to be successful at the K-12 level and prepare them for college. So this is this is the exciting topic that we're going to talk about tonight. Absolutely, absolutely, and thank you for that, sir. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Dr. Stephen Jones. So he's from Philadelphia, and he has been teaching uh, for over 29 years. He's earned a BA in psychology. Also, he earned a master's in education from Howard University, and an MBA from Philadelphia University, and a doctorate 
from Widener University. Dr. Stephen is a household name featured in Teachers of Color magazine, Essence, and Ebony magazines, Destiny News, and has been a national recognized guest on numerous, I mean numerous, social networks, television, and radio stations, NPR, CN8, and a host of other world-renowned radio stations in Orlando, Florida, Iowa, Los Angeles, California, Miami, Florida, Inglewood, California, and Philadelphia. My question for you, Dr. Stephen Jones, given the current situation and limited availability to take the ACT and SAT, of course, because of COVID-19, how can you address how can the the partnership with stem ford program address the needs of students and teachers in urban suburban and rural school leaderships to successfully implement the stem ford program moving forward that's my question for you sir well really what we are doing is working to both be a resource for professional development of teachers uh, online workshops and activities that engage students in the learning process one of the things that we've seen during this period of time is that very often uh, students are of course at home but not utilizing the technology in the way that they should. We want to be as a, as a resource to the parents. The parents are, are often struggling in their uh, interest in engaging their child as well. Uh, we know the parents are not trained to be teachers, but have ha had to fall into the whole element of being the teacher. And so this is a, a, a national kind of a, a love coming from us as educators to other educators to ensure that the future is better for, for all students. One of the things that we do know is that students are experiencing a real gap in education and that, that gap already existed before they left in March when COVID-19 started and now the gap is widening even further. So one of our first programs around was around bridging the gap and making sure that students weren't losing the knowledge that they had gained up to that point. And so we want to continue that effort, and we want to continue to be a part of making a difference in this country that helps um, teachers, um, professionals in education, students, and the parents to engage. And I just want to add one more element, is that we also want to have corporate partners in this whole, corporate and foundation partners in this whole effort to expand um, the education in the areas of STEM. You know, as you were talking, the first thing I thought about, Dr. Jones, was motivation. You know, keeping the children, keeping the students motivated. Because a lot of times, parents aren't working from home. And so those children need to stay motivated and focus on the lesson. And that's going to take discipline. That's going to take programs, you know, like yours and others, right, that have developed curriculum that keep students engaged and that helps that discipline because we're talking about K-12. 
right? And so I know you guys are going to talk more about uh, the segmentation piece of your program and what age groups mm -hmm. it's really targeted for, right? But along with that, we're talking about that commitment. And so how do you kind of guarantee, and Dr. Jones or Dr. Spencer or Mr. Wilson, you can answer this, but how do you guarantee that because of all the saturation of other curriculums and other programs that's going on right now, because it seems like in and everybody is creating a program now during this uh, COVID-19 pandemic, and they're trying to they're trying to help. I think that's the that's the core of it all, right? But also, they're they're trying to stay afloat. And so, how do you protect or how do you control? the saturation of uh, curriculums and developments in your curriculum so that it's not overdeveloped, but it is balanced, right? And it's, it's aligned to where children are. Um, does that make sense? Who, who wants to answer that question before we move on? With any curriculum, if you cannot pique a child's curiosity, it's going to be like pulling teeth. So yes, there, there might be a lot of things out there right now in terms of you know, making the transi transition from a traditional brick and mortar school to the majority of it being digital or asynchronous and things of that nature. But you still have to find ways that spark the curiosity of the students to wanting to know more. So that, that is what is going to be the difference between in this time period what curriculums and what programs actually survive this. Because you got to think about it. We're competing in a space where games like Fortnite and Among Us are, are constantly moving, constantly evolving, and at a fast pace, and then you have school. Where one of the things I, one of the things I think is going to come out of this is that COVID is going to be a gift and a curse when it comes to technology equity within the United States. If, if you take districts like Philadelphia and New York, where before they weren't necessarily looking to go to one-to-one -to -one in terms of device for students, they found the money. Now the majority of students in urban areas have one-to-one -one devices, where that wasn't a priority before. And so that, that contributed to the technology gap. And when you talked about meeting students where they are, Pew Research shows that most black and brown children were accessing the internet through a mobile device, not a laptop, not a desktop. So we have to take advantage of this situation in terms of the programs we are developing to make sure that they're benefiting these black and brown communities. And so when Joel, Steve, and I got together, when we did our, our first podcast back in May, it was about making sure that families, children, and educators knew that these opportunities are out there. Because when you think of things like the fight for 15, which is trying to get the federal minimum wage up to $15, most community colleges in the United States offer diploma and two-year degree programs that have an average hourly wage of $20 or more. But things like that aren't presented. And most of them are in things like STEM careers. And sometimes people don't necessarily think about, you know, what is a STEM career? Because you hear science, technology, engineering, and math, but, you know, that encompasses a lot of things. But if you become a dialysis technician, that is a STEM career. And that is something that pays north 
of $20 an hour in most metropolitan areas. You know, so it's about piquing the curiosity of young people, um, making sure it's engaging, and, and teaching them how it's relevant to their everyday life. That was a beautiful response. And I believe that was Dr. John Spencer, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful response. Um, you know, you talked about inclusion, you talked about diversity, and you talked about how that fits into and that feeds into the economy. And that brings me to my mm -hmm. next panelist, because that's a great segue. It's a great transition. Uh, my next panelist here is Mr. Joel Wilson. Sir, please say hello to the people. Hello, good evening. <laughs> good evening. Let me tell you a little bit about Mr. Wilson. He has been serving as president and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting, LLC, a technology firm originally established as a sole proprietorship in 1992, but relaunched as an LLC in 2002 as JCWCC. He offers a full spectrum of high quality services and top branded computer products customized to meet specific IT needs. And that needs are really focused on now our children, which are our future. And that's children K through 12. And so with that being said, Mr. Wilson, my question for you, sir, is how, how are you using the STEM Ford program to encourage the curiosity and the confidence from the in-class experiences to real-world concepts while preparing your students to be the future leaders in a global society? That's my question, sir. Okay, um, that is definitely a mouthful, so I'm going to uh, I try to address that to the best of, of my ability. First, just to give a little background. So um, about six or seven years ago, <clears throat> I founded a STEM program called Tech Core 2. And so in Tech Core 2, we actually teach young folks starting at kindergarten, and we go all the way up through high school, into college, into careers. So we, uh, we set out to build a pipeline so that we could introduce computer science to young folks here in the city of Philadelphia because what I found in, in, my, in my business, my firm that you just mentioned, that in the schools in which we were providing consulting services and, and, and other technology services, we found that computer science, true computer science was not being taught. And so here in this day and age in which, you know, the last 10, 15 multi-billion dollar uh, companies, you know, Airbnb, your Lyft, your Netflix, all of that, they're all software engineering, software engineering companies at their core, but yet in our major public school system, we were not teaching computer science. So, you know, after several years of, of pounding my chest trying to get people to adopt to, to teach, I said, you know what, let me just go ahead and just build something myself so I can at least help out in this, um, in this realm. So fast forwarding it forward, we now teach um, a low of about 200 youth, up to about 400 youth in a year. And we follow a, um, a uh, educational process that mimics the, the, college, um, the college setting. So we have a fall semester, a fall Saturday semester. 
we have a spring Saturday semester. And then in the summertime, we offer camp experiences and internships, both for our high school students and for the college students that get involved. In all of our high school internships, the students are getting paid. So um, from K to eighth grade is skill development. We are literally teaching um, multiple software programming languages and also different technologies, trying to find where the young folks' interests are. And then by the time they get in high school now, we have different ways they can get paid. Our, our internship is our main entryway in which they can start getting paid in the, in the summer. And then we continue continuously develop those skills. Um, we even have positions now where um, some high school students can actually become in junior instructors teaching under our college students. And then mainly our college students serve as our instructors. So, you know, in, in college, the students, they're, they're getting paid, they're making decent money. We're um, serving as um, references so that they can go on and, and get other internships. Uh, we, we now have multiple students that have applied to the government in different um, uh, agencies where they require top secret clearance and things like that. Uh, and we've, just by doing this process, we've discovered a lot of like nooks and crannies of holes and voids in the black community when it comes to technology. One of them being is that a lot of black students were getting degrees such as engineering and computer science, but they, they weren't interning or they weren't interning early enough. And so if you don't take an intern while you're in college, your degree is going to be worth uh, substantially less and it's going to take you a much longer time to get hired. So what TechCore did, TechCore allowed a freshman, a freshman in college to get an internship pretty easily. And now when, when this same student becomes a sophomore or junior and they want to apply to a major, you know, a, a much larger company, and to get an internship in your field, and that company says, do you have any, any experience in your field? Now you can say, yes, I worked at TechCorp. This is what I did. I taught, I trained, you know. And so we need all these, these, these holes filled in our community so that our young folks can have the, uh, the same experiences. And, and now, since we're in our, uh, actually this is our sixth year, sixth year now, uh, we have a, a cadre of different companies that come to us and look for our graduates because every year we graduate our, from the college side, we have a low of about two students who, who will graduate and our highest was six. So we always have uh, students who are graduating college and, uh, and we're helping them to get jobs. And, uh, you know, so it's been a great experience thus uh, far. And I think once a student goes through that whole pipeline experience, they, they can see a good enough aspect of the tech industry and, and they're sold. Um, I have a, a quick little thing that happened this summer. We had a young lady, she's a senior now in high school. She came into our summer program as an intern, first time she ever worked with us. She came in wanting to uh, become a chef. You know, her future goal was to become a chef. But by the end of the summer, she was now open to possibly applying to computer science for college. And so she's actually working for me now in my, in my Saturday program. And I just did an interview with her and her mother earlier today. And we were talking about her future careers because we try to intercede, make sure that she's doing the SAT, you know, the FAFSA forms filled out. And now she is looking at two different paths. One, she still wants to be a chef, but the second pathway is possibly going to college for computer science. So um, those are examples of what Tech, tech Core 2 is doing. 
Love it, love it, love it. You know, as you were speaking, the word that kept popping out was partnership. Mr. Joel Wilson, you are a master builder. And I'm gonna tell you why. The strength of your program is partnerships. How you are partnering with like-minded individuals to create growth mindsets in every community. And that's why I love it, I love it. Thank you so much for what you are bringing to this panel discussion. Uh, with that being said, our next, our next uh, panelist is Dr. John Spencer. Dr. Spencer, please say hello to the people, sir. Good evening, everybody. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. John W. Spencer. Is an award-winning educator who started Teach It as a response to waste and inequity in the use of technology in the K-12 school and nonprofit spaces. He has worked with clients to utilize the right solutions to organize, to create, and make an impact in their lives. He's the CEO of Teach It Labs Incorporated. Dr. Spencer, my question for you, you know, mm -hmm. you don't you don't get those type of degrees without sweat and tears. Cause you have to maintain mm -hmm. a certain GPA <laughs> to graduate mm -hmm. from those universities. Mm -hmm. So I know I know it costs you. I know mm -hmm. the struggle costs you. You don't get to be seasoned. You don't get to have the heart to give back without paying a cost. And so you mm -hmm. formed Teaching Labs Incorporated to provide information, information technology, and you wanted to make it inclusive and diverse, but you also mm -hmm. wanted to impart skills and provide knowledge for social change and the advancement mm -hmm. of not just brown and black kids, but humanity. Mm -hmm. I believe you will achieve your dream in your lifetime. But my question to you is, how will you do it? Well, one, you left the most important school off the list, Morgan State University, because without Morgan State University, none of those other schools even matter. Uh, Morgan's is a historically black college and university founded in 1867. And so Morgan gave me the armor as a young black man, how to um, survive in those predominantly white institutions that necessarily weren't, um, they didn't care whether or not I graduated. So in, in, in thinking about how I navigated those areas in which a lot of times I was the only or one of a few black faces black or brown faces within that environment. It was the armor that was given to me at Morgan State University, um, going to school and being in the majority that allowed me to thrive in those situations. It also reinforced the um, my need and want to give back to the community because it was, it was instilled in us there that we're not just doing this for ourselves, we're doing this for the advancement of our people. And so being an educator and being an entrepreneur, 
is making sure that, that we have our opportunities for black and brown businesses. So when you're talking about imparting skill and providing knowledge in terms of technology, I saw in my career a lot of districts, a lot of organizations that mean to do good by black and brown people, but did not have the capacity to further their reach without the use of technology. A lot of times they, they, they would get taken advantage of because a lot of times IT people are just looking to make the sell. They're not understanding the mission of the organization and how their use of the right technology can enhance that organization so it could have a further reach into um, its community and to expand their reach within the community. So that's, that's what I um, try to do. In, in terms of achieving my dreams, that, that's why I've linked up with uh, Steve and Joel. I've, I've known Joel since high school. And, and one of the things that I get great pleasure when, when I talk about Joel to people, I always tell people, I have one friend, he's been an entrepreneur since he graduated college, never worked for anybody else. You know, so that, that, that's, that's one thing I tell about Joel. I always say, you know, this is one of the things I admire about him. And then with Steve is also his willingness um, to give back to the community. Because um, Steve had a very, has a very compelling story. He was getting to it growing up in a large family, you know, first generation to go to college, playing football and, and things of that nature. And now he's one of the few, I don't know any other black deans. Are there any other black deans ever in over, Steve? He's one of the few black deans at one of the most prestigious universities in this country, in the College of Engineering. So achieving my dream and achieving and working with, with, with companies to help them thrive and move forward, like you said, it starts with partnerships. And so we wanted to come together. And we've been talking about this for a while. But like I said, COVID is, is going to be a gift and a curse because there's going to be sustainable things that are going to help move our community that if it wasn't for this time, it may not have happened. So that, that's how I see it. Sir, thank you for that. Um, as you, you know, you said something that sparked some curiosity in me. And I'm going to be a little nosy here. And I know this is the impact of education leadership, but I want each of the panelists to share a personal story about the bridge that brought them over. I know you talked a little bit about it, but I want to kind of dig in a little bit deeper. Who wants to go first? Um, I'll go. I just wanted to add one more component to what Dr. Spencer just said and, and Joel. One of the things that has happened for us is that we transitioned from the way that we were doing things during COVID-19 um, to a virtual environment. So now Joel has his coding program in a virtual environment so he can reach students all across the country now with what he's doing. And then I have moved my books and seminars to a virtual environment where we're offering courses for students all across the country and parents and educators all across the country. And then um, Dr. Spencer has an education platform that presents the curriculum that I have. So we're, we're really on this whole idea that 
we knew that we need to move to COVID uh, because of COVID-19 into a virtual environment. And that's the other unique element that we as STEM Forward bring together a team of experts to help school districts do better in delivering STEM curriculum, STEM programming, and STEM preparation for college. So that, that, I just wanted to get that in uh, in terms of what we're doing. Now, my personal story, uh, I grew up in what was called the bottom of Philadelphia, down in the hood. Um, you know, there were gang wars, there were fights. It was, a, it was not a safe environment. Um, but I thank God that he protected me through all that. And, uh, you know, the, the story for me was I was the first person in my family to go to college. And my first year was a struggle. In fact, the first semester I had below a 2.0 in, in college. And uh, I came back the second semester and had over a 3.0. But the first semester was a real learning experience. And I think because of that struggle that I had, you know, I thought I was prepared and found out that I was not as prepared as I thought I was, that I began to have a passion for that same type of student that's a first generation, low income, to come into college. And that's what I, who I've been working with for the last 35 years is that type of student that regardless of, of um, race, that has that struggle and situation where they don't know uh, but they're going to a really difficult curriculum like engineering and they need support. So, I, so I, I'm, I'm so thankful that I have people in my community that got me involved in the community to, to make things better that then pushed me to go forward into the college to help students in their struggles in getting through college. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, sir. Powerful story. Let me, let me ask something real quick from the last two panelists. You know, if one of you can share a story about the guy that didn't figure it out, he or she didn't quite figure it out until they got, you know, up in age, in their 20s, in their late 20s, and they, they didn't figure it out until that time when and they thought it was almost too late. But who wants to share a story? Well, a, a different story prepared, and now you <laughs> you thrown the curveball. So I'm I'm not uh, I don't have that one at the top of at the top of my head. Um, now I do have a, a story about a um, a young man that I was mentoring. Um, my first year when I started TechCore, he was um, he was uh, he went to an alternative school. So for the audience that is not familiar with that, that's a school in which like uh, the kids have either dropped out or were, were, were put out. So this is like a last attempt to get students to graduate from high school. And typically uh, the students are older than, you know, a couple years older than, than regular high school age. And so what I learned in this process is that uh, a lot of the students um, uh, were actually either homeless or semi-homeless. So they didn't, they didn't have an actual place that they, they, they lived. A, uh, a lot of students were uh, dealing with different addictions and uh, they just, they were, although they were still young, they were dealing with very adult situations. And it was, um, it was an eye opener for me because I did not know that uh, students were, were uh, had that many challenges. So at the end of the summer, there were two young men who, um, who both were basically homeless and 
I attempted to try to help both, uh, both of them. One, I actually uh, got in a, uh, you know, got him an apartment or, um, you know, and, and advanced him money and things like that so he can do it. But, I, but I'll tell you, and the whole reason this came about, he was, um, he was living in a, um, like a, a sort of a shelter for young men. But it's kind of deep because once you turn 18, the place he was at, they gave him like 30 days and he had to go or, or some type of notice. So, you know, I intervened to try to help him out. But one of the things we found after, you know, we got him into a place and all that kind of stuff, he really, uh, it, it, was, it was overwhelming for him. So we had him set up with a job, he was at community college, and he really just let it all just go away. And, uh, and it was heartbreaking. And I didn't really, really know how to handle it. And so it, it was, to me, it was like, wow, this is a, a disaster, like a crash and burn thing. And then literally about two years later, he co contacted me and, you know, said, Mr. Wilson, you know, I'm back in school, you know, things worked out. I appreciate what you did. And, um, you know, he was on the cusp of um, graduating at that, at that time at community. So. Uh, you know, that was a roller coaster ride. And then I had another young man uh, who came out who was in the same program and he was homeless as well. And he went off to job, uh, like a, a type of job core thing. Then he came back to Philly. Uh, and the, the story doesn't end as, as rosy, but what I was able to sort of learn from that is that we have a lot of young men who, who just don't really know how to live. Like they, they don't, they don't have day-to-day -day routines that are healthy. And so the, the traits and things that they've picked up, if you leave them to their own demise, they're going to get themselves into trouble. So one of the things we have to try to do is when you, when you are dealing with that type of population is you have to help them to create um, new, new ways of living so that they can go on with, with, uh, with their life. So um, the second young man, he's, you know, still doesn't have his life fully together. And it's, uh, you know, something I'm, I'm still just trying to work with him to the best of my ability. Um, so there you go. Thank Hello? you for that. Sir. That, that was wonderful. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Mr. Wilson, okay. go ahead. No, 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 this is John. I, I was going to follow up with, uh, with, with my story. So my, my story is a little bit different than... Um, Stephen Jones. I'm actually a third generation black college graduate. I'm actually a second generation doctorate. And so coming from the, the very fortunate circumstances that I come from, uh, my parents were very active in, uh, in the civil rights movement in the 60s and stayed active in it, you know, the rest of their lives. And one of the things that they instilled in me was giving back to my community and making sure that I'm not just about uplifting myself, um, I'm uplifting my community. So when I graduated Morgan, I decided to come back to Philadelphia and I became a high school science teacher. And just like Joel was saying, I found a lot of young men, and it's this young man in particular, when, when I first started teaching, I was, I was probably the only, maybe one of two black men in the school that wasn't a physical education teacher. And later on, a student said to me, you know, I had to figure out, you know, where did you come from? 
because where he grew up in Philadelphia, he wasn't, and I was 22 years old at the time, he wasn't used to seeing somebody my age teaching and, and teaching science. So he's like, oh, where did this dude come from and, and how can I be down type of thing? So I, I took the role model responsibility um, and like Joe was saying, you know, trying to help young men um, learn how to live. And, and so I would impart a lot of my, um, my stories and talk about my family, talk about my father and things of like that. And one of, the, one of the high schools where I taught drew from, at the time, 10 different housing projects. And even though I was only 23, 24 years old, I was very active in my alumni. So every year in the fall, we would have trips to take children down. So I would sponsor and take like 10 or 15 children um, down to Morgan State University. And so one day, you know, we're walking on the campus and one of the young men said to me, he said, Spence, you know what, this is different. This is all right. So yeah, I know that that's why I brought you guys down. It's like, but you don't understand. This is a place, all I've seen is black people all day. They're running it and it's all right. And so that, that little thing that they weren't used to, they weren't used in the life circumstances, used to seeing black people run things and, and things working out being smoothly. And, and I take that even as a principal now, um, that role model responsibility um, I take it to heart and try to make sure that I'm always an example for, for the young people I'm trying to help. This conversation tonight was simply beautiful. Uh, what are the takeaways for tonight? Who, I know there's some. I know you want to talk about how people can get in contact with you, your program, what, you, what you're doing in the community. Let's take this time to do that now. Who wants to go first? I can go first. We actually, we have a seminar coming up on November 7th. It's a Saturday. Um, it's how to bootstrap a STEM program in K-12 schools. You can visit us um, at our website, stemforwardedu.org and see about registration. And we take you into... Um, great detail about you know how to actually start a program up in your school with very little money or support from your home district uh, whether you're a charter school or a public school or a private school for that matter but we get into the nitty-gritty of, of how to develop a program um, but once again it's November 7th uh, you can go to our, our website stemforwardedu.org to check us out well, and this is Dr. Jones, and we're, again, we're in the, going to be a team that day. We're really going to answer a lot of questions that school districts have. We're trying to reach out to change school districts in this whole area of STEM, and so um, we're giving them the various resources that we have as part of that, whether it's our education platform, um, the, the coding program, the tech core program that... Uh, Joel Wilson has, as well as the educational resources. But in, uh, in communicating with us, if anyone has a question, they can send an email to my email address um, as well. To, it's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-J-O-N-E-S-S -S at rcn.com. And if you need to call 
Uh, my office number is 610-544-5480 and leave a message. I will definitely get back to you. And um, I would I would just like to say the, the easy way to think of uh, STEM Forward, if you if you uh, know about the, the, the book of the three doctors out in Newark, they all became medical doctors. Well, we're, we're sort of like that, but we're just, you know, in technology. So you can think of us as the three doctors minus one STEM Forward. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, tonight was another impactful night of the Impact of Education Leadership. This is episode 60. Our esteemed, very esteemed guest, Mr. Joel Wilson, Dr. Stephen Jones, and Dr. John Spencer. Good night. Good night. Good night. Welcome to the Impact of Educational Leadership Podcast with ID3 for Isaiah Drone III. This show was designed to provide an exclusive forum on educational achievement gaps related to learner success while discovering relationships and family issues in a diverse setting.